0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the Fantasy Cruncher Week 10 NFL Podcast. My name is Brad, and I'll be the host today. And I'm joined by Rob Kilner, who was one of Moxie Ball's initial writers before his professional career kind of took off, and uh, he left us by the wayside. But uh, he's a strong (laughs) NFL cash game player. And we're happy to have him on this week to talk about the uh, the slate of games. So, welcome aboard, Rob, and uh, <laughs> hope you have a good time on this
1: podcast. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Honestly, I was looking forward to this. It's, it's great. Finally, we got rid of Jared and brought me in. So <laughs> we're gonna have a much better show without that guy. So yeah, I know the. Uh, <laughs> all, all kidding aside, I know uh,
0: I know the other guys from Fantasy Cruncher are with Fan Vice down in Chicago for. Uh, a bit of a DFS uh, conference and workshop. So I know they're very excited about that. And uh, Rob and I are here to hold down the fort. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's maybe start off by uh, what you learned in week nine. And for me, it was a pretty chalky week. Um, for the most part, outside of Charkandrick West, well, and Kyle Rudolph for that matter, so maybe it wasn't that chalky in the end. But uh, outside of those two, a lot of core plays really did produce and really were key drivers in lineups. Was there anything, anything that stood out to you, Rob, uh, just looking at your week nine contests?
1: Yeah, honestly, for me, I think for week nine, my biggest thing that I I hate forgetting this, but I always do is, is it's the old sports strategy of keep it simple, stupid. And I absolutely overthought a couple of things. I mean, the most embarrassing one was, was kicker. I, uh, huge Carolina fan, and I, I thought, oh, they can stop the run, no problem. So they're not, uh, LA's not gonna be able to punch it in. They're gonna have to kick a ton of field goals. I forgot that they actually have to drive the ball down the field, but <laughs> probably, I probably should have taken a more safe kicker. I just overthought it, and so it goes back to that whole thing no matter what you're doing, especially if you do cash games, it's just don't, don't overthink it, just keep it simple
0: yeah no that's that's a very good point, and uh, especially coming off a week like the one before, where in cash games, chalk lineups just got blown apart, sometimes you can get you're, you're coming off a, a loss the week before and you might dig a little deep or a little deeper than you should and miss out on some pretty straightforward plays. So I think that's definitely a big takeaway uh, from from what we saw last week. Um, so let's let's just dive right in and uh, start at the quarterback position. It's a bit of an interesting week because usually there's a slam dunk, expensive quarterback that 100% isn't questioned as a solid play. And while there's some that I do like in that price range, it's a little bit of a different landscape looking across all the matchups this week. So I don't know, why don't we start by uh, maybe touch on a few quarterbacks that you like for, for week 10 action, Rob.
1: All right. Yeah. So uh, honestly, it, it depends on the strategy I'm going with this week. If I'm paying up, I'm going Aaron Rodgers a- at Tennessee. It's a good matchup, whether, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, draft Kings, whatever it is, that's, that's where I'm paying up for my money. Um, if you want me to drop a little bit down lower, I do really like a couple of the, the middle guys are quite intriguing. Um, to be perfectly honest, Carson Palmer, San Fran, anytime you can take anybody against San Fran, you, you never can go wrong. Um, one guy who actually sticks out to me is Big Ben. You know, he, he. I know he's coming off an injury and everything, but that secondary is just so banged up. Barry Church is out. Morris Claibor- Claiborne's out now. Like, he should actually have quite a day against Dallas. I know Dallas only has a loss in the season, but, Maybe better for GPP, but he actually intrigues me a lot this, this week. Yeah, there's there's no argument there on, on Big Ben.
0: I mean, we all know he historically has played much better at home, and he goes back to Heinz Field this week. And even though Dallas is far from a dream matchup, like you mentioned, there are some issues in the secondary, and the price point's really attractive, especially on FanDuel. I mean, how often do you get a chance to lock him in for $7,700? I I think he could even look his way in cash games. I I mean, sure he could get re-injured again, but that could happen any given
1: Sunday. So I do like yeah. that play. Um, yeah. Anybody
0: else that stands out to you?
1: Um, if I had to look over at DraftKings, you know who I really like this week is Marcus Mariota. So against Rodgers, and I think Rodgers is going to have a great day, but Mariota is going to have to keep up. And uh, and great great cash uh cash point on on DraftKings. And you know what? If I had to go even cheaper, another cheap option, if I move back to FanDuel, um, Alex Smith it intrigues me. Like They're not going to be able to run on Carolina, and they're going to have to pass the ball. The one thing I really want to watch out is, is Macklin. Macklin's health. If he's not healthy, I'm going to stay away, but right. he's, he's intriguing if Macklin does come and plays. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you
0: brought up uh, Mariota in particular. He's actually dollar for dollar my number one play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people seem to, to classify him as a bit of a volatile quarterback. And I don't, I don't really get it. I mean, I know he was a rookie last year. Um, but I think he's kind of shed that tag, in my opinion. Five straight weeks with two-plus touchdown passes. Um, he's always a threat on the ground. And in what should be a high-scoring game going up against Green Bay this week at home, I really like him. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't throw a couple touchdowns, maybe run one in. And there's some intriguing possible low-owned stack combinations with him um, for GPP. So I, I love the Mariota pick.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that one, especially. Yeah, he's, he's going to be low-owned. I mean, Green Bay's great against the run. They are. So, I mean, Mariota's is going to have to use his arm. And he can use his legs. I mean, just, just like you said, he's always a throw on the ground. So I, I love it. I do.
0: The uh, the other guy that, that stands out to me, and I think he might slip under the radar, is Tom Brady. Now, I know he's going up against Seattle, and I think many people will just gloss over that based on seeing the matchup itself. Um, but I mean, we saw Buffalo move the ball on them on Monday night in Seattle, and No offense to the Buffalo fans, but they're not the New England Patriots and they don't have Tom Brady. Uh, (laughs) They're projected for 28 points, according to Vegas. They're playing at home, fresh off a bye. And I just like the spot that they're in on Sunday Night Football. And you might be able to slip one by... Now, you won't slip one by everybody. There will be some people on the Patriots. There always is. Mm -hmm. But on a week where there are a lot of good value options in my opinion on the board on each site I don't know I think uh, I think Brady's a strong play so he's somebody that definitely uh definitely stands out to me um I I don't know what 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 are your thoughts on uh on Brady and and uh his outlook this week
1: I agree. I, I, I more of a GPP play, probably for me, just because like I think the I think the low the ownerships can be low. Uh, just because you see anytime you see two juggernauts like that, I mean, two of the best teams in football going, both with uh, very very solid D's. Uh but you got two really, really smart quarterbacks. you got Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. I mean, there's such such good opportunity there for GBP, I think, because the ownership's going to be low. So I, I do like Tom Brady, and it's and he's such on a vengeance since the suspension this year. <laughs> he's coming to destroy the league. So there's no no week you could ever tell me. I don't care who he's playing, even if he's playing Denver. Uh, it's Tom Brady. He, he's I know. A good I'm trying to recall if he's played on
0: primetime yet since he's been back. I, I don't think he has. Um, I, I, I'm not a big narrative guy, but... Uh, I mean, he, he's done some, some magic on both Sunday night and Monday night football over and over, over his career. And like you said, like, he, he's playing incredible right now. So, um, I don't know. I guess enough pumping Tom Brady's tires. I like him this week. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for kind of a different twist, somebody who hasn't been in good form um, but who does play on an offense where they do have some weapons, I like that you mentioned Russell Russell Wilson uh, as a potential GPP play along, obviously not with Brady, but maybe as a pivot off him. Um, I know they haven't been playing well. And I know that going into new England isn't necessarily the safest place to play. Um, But I do like him as somebody who should be very low owned. And I don't know. It's just a matter of time, in my opinion, before they get going. Like I mentioned, I think New England's going to score in this one, and as such, I think Wilson's going to have to uh, try to keep pace, um, either on the ground, through the air, a combination of both. Um, But I I, I don't know. He kind of stands out to me as somebody that uh, I might have a little bit of exposure to this week in tournaments.
1: Yeah, you know, you bring that up. My biggest thing, and I think this is the first week without Jamie Collins in New England, right up the middle for them. So I'm so curious to see how they're going to handle that. And and guy that had a huge week last week, Jimmy Graham. Not to jump all over the place, but how how do they handle that? They have new new middle linebacker this week going. Well, well, not new, but it's not Jamie Collins anymore. <laughs> and how yeah. do they handle that? So yeah, it, yeah, I, it'll
0: be it it'll be one of the more interesting games, I think. On uh, on this week's slate, that's for sure. Um, one more guy I feel like we got to touch on before we move on is Cam Newton.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> especially on FanDuel, he's cheap. Yeah. Like, how, how often do you get a chance to roster Newton for under 8,000? And I know that Kansas City does have a pretty stout defense, um, and it's not the easiest spot. But like I said, he's cheap. Um, as somebody who does follow Carolina closely, uh, what's your outlook on Newton this week, Rob?
1: I, I, I'm, I'm staying away. KC's uh, uh, better at the pass. The, the way that Carolina's going to have to win this game is on the ground. So, I mean, again, jump. I don't want to jump ahead or anything, but yeah, J.C. was on my radar and everything. And Cam, he was running the ball and everything, but again, near the goal line, that's where he gets his big points when he's on the, on the ground, and... Coming back still from that concussion, are they going to let him go much out there? We really haven't seen too much yet, just because their offense has stuttered and everything. But uh, I'm staying away just because I think the damage is going to be done on the ground, and I, I think Jonathan Stewart's going to get some good play this week. If that's that's the only way they're going to beat KC. Okay,
0: okay, no uh, no argument here. I, I'm kind of in the same camp. I know that uh, I know that Newton's always a fairly popular tournament tournament option. Uh, a lot of people do like the upside that he brings to the table, and for good reason. Um, but I'm kind of at the point where I want to see him do it at least once, where we see what we saw from him last year uh, before I'm ready to buy in. And I get that I might miss, out, um, miss that boat by doing so. But at the same time, I'm happy to fade a guy who is going to at least see moderate ownership in tournaments um, until we see that he's back to form. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, you touched on Jonathan Stewart and the matchup that he has this week. Uh, who else stands out to you at running back? Oh,
1: uh, well, <laughs> if you don't have David Johnson this week, you're absolutely insane. <laughs> there's, it's San Francisco. I mean, I, I 200 yards all, all purpose. I mean, is that really that hard to get for him? It should be a cakewalk to get there. So, I mean, cash games, David Johnson, his ownership might even pass like 80%. It's just going to be absolutely astronomical. Um pivoting off of him I know a lot of people are going to be popular is, is Melvin Gordon still again um I know you're a Miami fan and everything I have no idea what's going on up the middle how can they not stop the run like what's going on with them <laughs>
0: Uh you know what it's uh it's it depends what stats you look at I know I I've seen stats all over the place I'm I'm a big fan of uh defensive value over adjustment which is a little bit of a more a more complex stat than the basic, uh, the basic Fanduel points allowed. Um, it kind of takes a little more, uh, a little more into play than strict, strictly what has happened as far as Fanduel or DraftKings points go. Right. Um, they've, they've actually, they, they've been improving against the run. I know Forte had a decent week last week.
1: Uh, that said, I definitely, yeah. I definitely don't think they're an elite run defense. And well. It- they're giving up 136 yards a game and and 4.6 yeah. per yard. like they're they're improving yeah. though. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Something. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I uh I I I I've been happier in the, in more recent weeks than uh than I was early in the year when when everybody was just running it all over them. Um I I do like Gordon though this week. Um not only due to the fact that Miami does have questionable run defense, but just volume. I mean, he's getting the ball so often. Four yeah. straight weeks with over 25 touches. He's been a factor through the air as well. And they use him down near the goal line. I, I'm a big fan of using running backs that, that chip in in all aspects of, of, of playing the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and he definitely fits that bill. So he'll be popular this week. I'm glad you brought him up.
1: Um, outside those two, anybody jump out of you? Uh, he, from the middle tier, especially uh, I'm looking on FanDuel here, uh, Devontae Freeman. I, I don't know what's going on with Tevin Coleman, if he's going to play or not. I, I'd be watching closely on that, but I don't think he is. If he doesn't play, I mean, Philly's not great versus the run. Atlanta's probably going to be giving Freeman some good looks, and I think he's at 7000 on FanDuel. I really like the price point. Uh, I'll be looking at that if I need to save some money. And then, you know, uh, oddly enough, if you really want to shift down low or – and it's probably more of a GPP play, but do I go Ingram or um, uh, or, or Tim Tim Hightower? I know it's Denver and people are going to go, oh, Denver, but Denver's not good against the run. And that's yeah. the only way New Orleans is going to win that game. If there's an, any indication that Ingram is going to start and get the bulk or Tim Hightower is going to start and get the bulk, a GPP play might be a little sneaky there. I, I, I might get a little exposure to that just because – the only way you're beating Denver is on the ground, and, and they just lost last week too. Um, um, Derek Wolf. there's another uh, front four guy gone for them. Uh, they, they're they're going to struggle up, up against the run, I believe, so it's just a matter of getting who the actual right running back is there. But I, I, honestly, I don't think it's a cash game play just because it's a little risky, but a GPP play, it does intrigue me down there at the price point.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, the reality for most teams playing Denver is they're not going to move the ball consistently through the air Um, so I I expect, I mean, the NFL is a a copycat league and I expect a lot of teams to take a page out of what Oakland did last week with, with Latavius Murray. Um, and I can see that starting this week with new Orleans. Uh, if I had to pick between those two, I would give a slight edge to, to Mark Ingram. Um, obviously I like what he did last week in his limited, uh, limited opportunities, but I do think that'll increase over time, and it wouldn't shock me to see him back with a uh, full workload. Not enough for me to go, go with him in cash games, like you mentioned. Yeah. But I do like That's him as a tournament play as well.
1: Yeah. And then I'll say for the last guy I'll bring up, just because I brought him up before, uh, Jonathan Stewart in Carolina, especially on DraftKings, 4,900, just dirt cheap. I think if they get it near the goal line, he's probably going to get the touches still from Cam. I think they just they're, they're terrified of Cam getting hurt again. I hate when Carolina plays like that because, honestly, when they hold Cam back, they struggle. But KC sucks, on the, sucks against the run. So, I mean, Jonathan Stewart should do well. He's going to get carries. 4900 on on DraftKings, a cash game play. I love him. And then 6800 on FanDuel, I, I, I still like that price point. I, I, I'll probably have some exposure to him just because I think the only way they're beating KC is if they're pounding it on the ground. I like that because that, that's a name I haven't heard a whole lot of
0: uh, this week, but I've often uh, secretly referred to you as a little bit of a Carolina Panthers whisperer. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, <laughs> I say it as a joke, but uh, you're, you're definitely my go-to guy when it comes to figuring out what's going on in Carolina. So I do like him as somebody that uh, won't be that popular and could be a bit of differentiation in lineups this week. A uh, couple of names that you didn't mention um, that are on my radar – First things first, Levian Bell. Yeah, love Bell. Uh, um, I mean, we, we, we've seen his price come down, uh, largely due to the fact that he hasn't had any monster games, uh, partly due to uh, Roethlisberger's injury, where he was the only one that uh, was much of a threat without anybody being able to consistently get the ball to Antonio Brown. Um, so he saw a little bit of uh, stacked fronts and as a result was, was running uphill a little bit. But, the price has come down on him. Uh, again, as you mentioned with Dallas earlier, it's not necessarily uh, an ideal game to target opposition players. But, I mean, the the big three for Pittsburgh are all elite. And he's mm. somebody that stands out to me, um, especially in GPPs. But I even think he's a decent pivot uh, for anybody that doesn't like Melvin Gordon. Um, yeah. in, in, in cash games, for that matter. So he, He's cheaper. He, Exactly on
1: FanDuel he is, which is which is pretty
0: remarkable. I mean, if you if you went back to the beginning of the year and told me in week ten that uh, Levy and Bell has ran the football pretty good when given the opportunity, and Melvin Gordon was going to be more expensive than him in week ten, I, I, I would have just left the conversation. I <laughs> if it was face to face. I would have walked away. I, I yeah, and not even thought twice about it. So Levy and Bell is somebody that stands out to me. Um, Jay Ajayi is another guy that, mm. uh, that intrigues me a lot. Um, I was surprised last week and on, on fan I had some contests where he was under 5% owned and I know that he was going up against a very good run defense that, uh, that the Jets have. Uh, but this week he's going up against San Diego who, uh, definitely does have some struggle stop on the run. And he really has become the focal point of of the offense for Miami. Uh, They're giving him plenty of touches and they're really relying on him to move the chains and the offensive line play that they've got over the last few games really has been outstanding. Um, You have a chance to get a guy who has over 500 yards and multiple touchdowns over the last three weeks. And this week he's going up against uh, a below average run defense. So, He's somebody that I do think will slip under the radar a little bit, much like Bell, uh, due to how
1: popular I think David Johnson and Melvin Gordon will be. Yeah. His, his uh, price point is a little high. It, it's near those guys. It, it's pretty up there, but I agree with you. I think he's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm at the point where uh, before I saw the pricing come out this week, I, uh, I had basically decided that I thought I was going to use him in cash games. Um, but then it, it was a little bit of a higher spike than I was anticipating. So uh, I definitely like him as a, a potential low-owned pivot. The only thing I do worry about, I worry about a team who's been at home for a while, who, uh, who is going now to the West Coast. Um, they're out there for two straight weeks, and uh, that is, does give me a little bit of cause for concern. So uh, that said, I still do like him as a low-owned tournament option. Um, one guy on the real cheap end, Uh, that has a little bit of intrigue for me is Darren Sproles. Um, He's 5,100 on FanDuel. And his touches have really gone up over the last two weeks. I know two weeks ago he got 20 touches. Last week was 16, but he did see nine targets through the air. And in what should be a high-scoring game against the Falcons, I don't know who else Carson Wentz can really go to besides the two main targets. Uh, Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz. So I, I think Sproles is going to be uh, a, certainly a viable option. And at that price, I, if, if, you're, if you want to spend up at other positions, I think he's even cash game worthy. Uh, maybe even more so than tournaments because I, he's somebody that hasn't historically uh, done an outstanding job of getting into the end zone. I mean, he is a small back. Uh, but he's somebody that has some cash game intrigue for
1: me. Uh, any thoughts on Sproles? You know what, I I, I was keeping an eye on him lately just because the last few weeks, and like you said, his workload's gone up, Um, you know, Atlanta's pretty solid against the run, they're all right. but I mean, Darren Sproles catches the ball still, you know, so I mean, he's still got that, and and dumping it off is is not the worst thing in the world, and I think he's going to get some looks, especially from a rookie quarterback, you know, they they love their little uh, safety net there, so I I do like him this week, I I really do, just because of his price point, but... uh, I think he's a great uh, pivot option if you do spend up. And there's, like, like we talked about, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, uh, J.H.I.E. There's all these guys you can spend up on. So, I mean, if you're spending high on your first running back, you might need to save some money. He's a good, solid option. Yeah. So talking about spending up, um, I think it's a good natural
0: uh, transition to to dive into the wide outs. Uh, who's on the top of your
1: list for for Week 10 at wide receiver? Oh, Antonio Brown, without a doubt, I, I, you're not getting this. He's $8,600. And like I talked about earlier, you know, that Dallas secondary is banged up. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, it should get shredded apart. And Antonio Brown, even last week, he, he still managed to get the points near the end, right? And I, I think he's just going to have a monster week. I mean, I on cash games, universal. I, I'm knocking Him and David Johnson is essentially is how I'm going to start my lineups, and I'm going to build from there. And there's a lot of good solid value options out there that I can fill out the lineup with the, those two. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to have them every lineup. Yeah. I, I see those two
0: particularly in cash games as, as free squares. And I, th- I think even though they will be both extremely chalky, you can definitely make a strong case to, to roster both of them in tournaments. Even if you wanted a hundred percent exposure uh, for those that are multi entering. So they're, they're definitely both in great spots.
1: Uh, outside of Brown, anybody else stand out to you on the high end? Uh, you know what? Uh, Mike Evans kind of is out there. You know, Chicago. But Chicago has played a little better than – I haven't seen them much this year. I've maybe seen a couple games tops. But, I mean, it's played a little bit better than I have. He's on my radar, but I, I, I think I'm going to go Brown and I'm going to stick away from him. I like a lot of plays in, in the, the middle range. I'm talking about the 7,000s or so. Um, if you can guess right on, you know – Whatever Green Bay wide receiver it is, I would keep an eye on, uh, on Randall Cobb's health. I mean, his price point 6,600 if he's healthy and he's going. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, but Jordy Nelson 77. Devontae, I think, is 72. And they're about the same on, on uh, DraftKings uh, comparatively. So there's a lot – any of those guys. I mean, I, I'm looking at that Green Bay pretty, pretty closely. The one guy who popped up on my radar, and I honestly don't think I've ever considered him this whole year, is Demaryius Thomas. He's against New Orleans this year. Absolutely terrible. Um, Seventy-five hundred. He's actually been doing a lot better than I thought he has. Just because I don't really follow Denver's offense that well, because it's it's Sibian running that 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 thing that show. But he he, he popped up on my radar this week. I, I I don't think I'll run him, but I do find him very intriguing. Um, maybe a GPP play or anything. Um, if I had to pivot lower. I do love, and you'd be able to tell me more on this, but Jarvis Landry this week with San Diego. I don't know about you. You'd have a better insight, but I love that price point. The
0: price point is good. Um, the one thing that I will say is he's been banged up a little bit with a shoulder injury. Um, so I know he's been, uh, he's been a little spotty as far as his participation in practice this week, which is pretty rare for him. Um, he's not one of those guys that usually – shows up on the injury list every week. And what I've seen from him over time is when there's something reported on him, it tends to affect his play. Um, I mean, we'll call a spade a spade. He's the guy that makes that offense tick. He's out there at the price that he's at. He is worth consideration. I mean, he's a great football player, a great slot receiver. Um, That said, I I don't know if I'm going to go with him this week, but I can see the intrigue. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets targeted uh, almost as much as anybody in the game. It has taken a little bit of a hit recently as far as targets go. Um, but, yeah, no, no complaints if you want to roll out Landry this week.
1: Yeah. And I, I think last but not least, at least what I'll say is uh, that the, I think he'll be massive chalk as well. Cheap price point. Jordan Matthews against Atlanta. I, I love him this week, and I think a lot of people probably will as well. Um, 5900 on both sides. Um, obviously, a bit better uh, on FanDuel than than DraftKings, but Jesus, what a matchup and and what a price point on FanDuel. Uh, if you don't have him, I you know I think you're missing the boat. But I think he's going to have a big week, and he's been coming on as of late too. So it, it, he's a very dangerous weapon. Yeah,
0: Matt Matthews is uh, another guy who's going to be extremely chalky this week, and and for good reason. Uh, I mean, he has 25 targets over the last two weeks. He does a lot of damage out of the slot. Um, which I I like because he's not likely to be shadowed uh, by Desmond Trufant, who doesn't spend much time there himself. And I expect him, along with Sproles and and Urch, who I mentioned earlier, to kind of be the safety nets for rookie quarterback Carson Wentz as as they're playing the Falcons. And even though I like Philly's D, Atlanta's going to score some points, and Philly's going to have to uh, turn to the air in order to try to keep up. And, yeah, I think Matthews easily hits value this week, and uh, he's a very strong play. A couple guys that stand out to me, uh, one's Alishon Jeffrey. Um, He's going to be pretty popular this week as well. Um, I do kind of want to see how everything progresses throughout the week with with respect to who's playing quarterback before I etch that in stone. Um, But you have the opportunity to get him at 7,200 this week on – on FanDuel and 6,600 on DraftKings. And we've seen some monster games this year going up against the, the Tampa Bay Secondary. Um, yeah. Sure, they've been, they've been good in some games too, but uh, there's been some monster games out there. And it's just a matter of time before Alshon puts up one of his monster games. He's somebody that, that has put up some of the best single games across the entire league since he came into the NFL. And the one thing that attracts me to him is his targets are up recently. There was a lot of rumblings early in the year that he wasn't getting the looks from Jake Cutler, and then when Brian Hoyer went under center, that he wasn't, wasn't getting the same level of, uh, of targets that he had in the past, and maybe that was a bit of a hit to his stock. But we've seen that number start to creep up, and to me it's only a matter of time before he has a monster game. Um, so he's somebody that I do like this week. Uh, a little bit safer for tournament action, in my opinion, than cash games. Um, but that said, his price is getting to the point where he doesn't even have to knock it out of the park in order to hit value in cash games. So he's somebody that I kind of keep going back and forth on as to, uh, as to whether or not I'll, I'll, I'll roster him this week. Um, somebody who's a, a bit off the board but who I'm really high on actually in both formats is Richard Matthews. Mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, Marcus Mariota right off the hop as right now my, the, my, my favorite quarterback on the board dollar for dollar. A um, couple things intrigued me about Matthews. One, the game script of this one, which I touched on when talking about Mariota. Um, second is his use down near the goal line. Um, he has five touchdowns in the last five games. And I bet if you ask most people how many, that, how many touchdowns Rashard Matthews had over the last five weeks, they probably would have said a couple, two, three. Um, they use him down in the red zone. And finally, he saw double-digit targets last week. Now, a bit of that was game script focus, as uh, that they did have to turn to the air an awful lot. Uh, but I could see the same thing happening this week against Green Bay. Um, so he's somebody that I don't think will be overly popular out there. Um, but somebody that I'm happy to uh, make a big bet on this week. So he's somebody that uh, that that I'm really high on coming into this week.
1: What are what are your thoughts on uh, San France? I mean, Arizona. Like, who are you picking on Arizona? Fitzgerald? Are you touching anybody? I mean, it, it's, it's a free, but you have to guess who it is. Well, for me, cash games, Larry Fitzgerald.
0: Yeah. Um, he's somebody that is on my short list. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll end up going there. I do have some concern about uh, about how that game will evolve, and I could see them getting up early and uh, shutting everybody down in the fourth quarter. Um, that said, if that happens, odds are he probably is a part of that, and he probably hits values. So he's definitely a very strong play in my opinion. Um, Nelson is somebody that I like as a bit of a pivot for tournaments, especially – if you're looking at doing a full-on stack of this game with Palmer and David Johnson. Um, He's really found a niche playing in the slot for the Cardinals. And what we've seen from him over the last couple weeks, um, the targets have started to go up. He got a chance, and against Seattle he was targeted seven times, and against Carolina, 12. And I know a lot of that was in garbage time. Um, but he caught eight balls for 79 yards, two scores. And I don't think he's going to be on a lot of people's radars this week. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on, on the Carolina wide receivers. Um, and, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the week goes. But uh, curious to see your thoughts, Rob. On the Arizona wide receivers and the Carolina. <laughs> uh, Arizona. Then we'll cover Carolina.
1: because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you got Carolina at wide I'm like, Wait, time. Slip, slip of the tongue, slip of the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, Larry Fitzgerald—that's the one I, I have my eye on. You know, good price point. Um, and I know you said, hey, they could be rested if they get up early, but I mean, they have to get up early. And if they're getting up early, someone's getting the points. And I think it's Larry's so consistent; he, he really is. So if I'm using him as cash games, that's for sure. And I, I do have him on my radar. Um. And and last but not least, because you said Carolina, um, well, I honestly wouldn't be touching too many of the Carolina wide receivers. I, I think, again, like I said, they're going to be on the ground. But uh, the on the other side of the ball, KC's wide receivers. I, I'm watching Macklin, seeing if he's going to play. If he's playing, I, I'm taking him. I, you know, the last two games, Carolina's D has showed up, or at least everyone thinks it has. But... Look at what they played. I mean, Carson Palmer had one of his worst games of his career, and still end up getting yards in the end. I mean, this this the secondary is not there. So I mean, if Macklin plays, he's very much on my radar. If he doesn't, and you want a dirt, dirt, dirt cheap guy, Albert Wilson, I'm I'm keeping an eye on him. That's only if you really, really want to go dirt cheap. Maybe a maybe a GPB play because I I, I they. That's how they get beat. They get beat through the air, and they get beat by the wideouts because that's where they're terrible. So uh, he's on my radar if Macklin doesn't go.
0: I think that's, a, that's an interesting point. And uh, the other guy that, that intrigues me uh, as a bit of a deeper play is, uh, is Tyreek Hill. Um, we all saw he kind of came out of nowhere a couple weeks ago against the Colts. Um, I believe he put up some, something close to 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, if you're looking for a cheap option to sprinkle into some tournaments, um, in addition to Albert Wilson, Tyreek Hill is certainly uh, somebody that uh, that that you could do worse than throwing a
1: few darts in with him. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, moving on, let's let's talk about tight end. Uh,
1: that to you, honestly, I, I think it's going to be a lot of people's play this week. Zach Miller <laughs> against Tampa Bay. Great price point, uh, especially on uh, on DraftKings, thirty six hundred bucks. That's that's going to be people's play, I think. If it's not going to be that, Zach Hertz against Atlanta, another uh, thirty seven hundred on DraftKings, and, and great on FanDuel, forty six hundred. I'm really keeping an eye on those guys. Um, outside of that, back to what we were talking about early, Jimmy Graham. He had a huge game last week and and, and just looked phenomenal. Like he 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 looks really finally healthy again and. And great timing, and it's against New England. And like I said earlier, I don't know what they're going to look like up over the middle, getting rid of Jamie Collins. I never doubt Bill Belichick and what he does, but everyone—it's a head scratcher still that he trades him. But he's always right somehow. Um, but Jimmy Graham, I think he—he's uh, got a better matchup than you think. But again, if you're ever talking about one guy, I do it only GPP. I wouldn't be doing cash because Bill Belichick game plans like. Nobody else, like it's unreal. So if he wants to shut down Jimmy Graham, which he has in the past, he he will. So I, a GPP play, not really a cash play. I think cash play: Zach Miller and Zach Ertz. Yeah,
0: no, uh, no argument here on any of those guys. Um, I like that you mentioned Graham. Um, he <laughs> he burned many of us, uh, many of us two weeks ago, and uh, after seeing him be fairly quiet when he went back to New Orleans. Um, it was a little bit of a kick in the teeth seeing what he did on, uh, on Monday Night Football. But yeah, he's somebody that's definitely intriguing for tournaments this week. Um, a few guys that stand out to me, um, one's Antonio Gates. Um, in, let's, let's see what happens with Hunter Henry's health um, over the course of the week. But if he's out, then Gates is somebody that I think is going to continue to see heavy targets. Uh, they just don't have a whole lot of weapons there. Um, actually, somebody we didn't mention, assuming that he is healthy, Tyrell Williams. Uh, yep. He's he's another wide receiver worth uh, worth some consideration, more so on Fanduel at his price point. Um, I think he's fifty eight hundred on both sites or in and around that. Um, but outside of, of of Tyrell Williams, there's really not a whole lot for them to lean on. And I think that Phil Rivers is uh, kind of. Kind of, kind of started to lean on Gates a little bit, and I, I'd be surprised if that didn't continue this week. Um, in addition to the guys that you mentioned, I'm always a big Delaney Walker fan. Um, I don't want to jump on the Tennessee bandwagon too much, so I'll leave all the game script uh, narratives alone since I've already covered it. But he's one of the most consistent at the position. Um, if you have a look at his game logs, over the last five weeks he's either caught a touchdown pass or – had 75 yards through the air in four of the past five games. Um, And week in, week out, he did have a little bit of a lull earlier this year uh, when he wasn't 100%. And he's still kind of fighting some nagging injuries, but he's always one of my favorites at the position and definitely wouldn't fault you if uh, you decide to go his way this week. Um, One other guy before we move on who I'll admit I I haven't gone through any – any film on the Rams, but Lance Kendricks jumps out to me when looking at the stats and I'll admit I've for the most part just bypassed the Rams for for the greater part of the year. Um, But looking at his stats, like, I don't know. You have a chance to get a minimum price tight end who saw 12 targets last week. Who started them. Nine targets the week before, eight the week before that. He's caught at least five balls in each of the last three games. And, yeah, it's, there, there's a lot of intrigue at his price point. So he's somebody that I, I don't think he's going to be on a ton of people's radars. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, <laughs> I kind of like him as a low-owned option this week in both formats at his price point.
1: Uh, he torched the car- he torched the Panthers last week.
0: <laughs> Sad, but he did. Another thing: if you told me that was going to happen in Week One, <laughs> there we go. We get we got a theme for this podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what I'm going to title it,
1: but <laughs> maybe we'll just move on to defenses. Uh, when it comes to defense, who jumps out of you? Uh, it's Arizona. I, I I don't even know if I'm going to consider many other DC. <laughs> you got Arizona versus San Francisco. Just just plug and play. Just. Let- you know, it's uh, that's where I'm going, and I, I don't even know if I'm even gonna consider anything else. Like, it's just, it's again, maybe it goes back to that lesson that I should have learned last week. Just keep it simple. If if San Fran suddenly wants to show up this week, you know, ten weeks later, even though they have like a NCAA football team, uh, then so be it. I'll take I'll take it on the on the chops on that one. But yeah, I'm going to Arizona. All yeah, there's – you're not going to find any
0: argument here. Um, one, one, one team that intrigues me just because I think Blake Bortles is terrible um, as a pivot off of Arizona for tournaments um, is Houston. And this is purely because Blake Bortles turns the football over. And he does it at a rate higher than just about anybody in the league. So I like them as a bit of a pivot off of, uh, off of Arizona for tournaments. Um, but only if you're looking for a low on play. Um, I also don't think it's a bad idea to, especially if you're, sorry, let me take it back a step. If you're multi-entering, I don't think it's a bad idea to just put darts in probably 10 defenses, rotate that around and just see where the chips fall because everybody, and for good reason, is going to be on Arizona. So if they don't happen to get to the quarterback, if Colin Kaepernick protects the football, and if they put up some points, then you could be sitting in a very, very good spot um, by, by rotating around exposure around uh,
1: other defensive units. Yeah. The Jets, too, stick out. I mean, they're at home. They're at home, and they're against... Case Keenum led uh, Rams, <laughs> so I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a game by by him, but he's an absolutely terrible quarterback, and I I can't understand how they haven't moved to Jared Goff yet. Can he really be that bad? But uh, they're, they're sticking with him, so uh, the Jets, that that's would be another play I would kind of look at. One other one that I like is Carolina.
0: Now, I know that they've had their struggles, but I have liked what I've seen from them the last two weeks. I know, I know they got to Carson Palmer eight times. They scored a touchdown in that game. And with Alex Smith coming back from, from his concussion, um, who knows what, what type of shape he'll be in as far as, uh, as, far as his mobility in the pocket, um, what his psyche will be like. And, I mean, this was, this was one, of, one of the top defensive units a year ago. I get there's been some massive personnel changes there, uh, but I don't mind them as a GPP pivot off of uh, off of Arizona either.
1: No, yeah, I agree. I, uh, I anticipate that game uh, not to be high scoring, but uh, you know, I, I, I can't argue with that. No chance. Yeah, I can see that happening. So now that we've covered uh, now that we've covered kind of a position by position rundown of of people
0: that we like. Um, One more thing I want to talk about, stacking. Um, Is there anybody who might not necessarily be a chalky stack this week um, that you like? I have a feeling I know where you're going with this based on your your talk about their wide receivers, but
1: uh, anybody that stands out to you this week as far as a a stack that you like, or maybe two? Uh, Not chalky? I I don't know about that, but I mean – Green Bay, I, I think that's an obvious, obvious stack. Tennessee, you've talked about. Um, I, I think that's another another stack. You look at Arizona. I mean, if, especially if you want to if you want to fade David Johnson, which I still think would be absolutely insane, but, you know, crazier things have happened, and maybe they just aired out the whole game, and somehow San Fran, San Fran did, didn't they stop Gurley week one? So, I mean, they've stopped a running back once this year, so maybe that twice is going to come. I still think it'd be <laughs> insane, but... Uh, you, you could do that if you really want to get risky and cute but again uh, I wouldn't advise it um, outside of that anything else I would stack you know what I, I, I think those are the main ones I can't nothing else off the top of my head that I, that I would go and stack I don't think
0: I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those uh, those games I, I just have a gut feeling that Green Bay is going to be lower owned than you think so I wasn't trying to set you up with a okay. uh, With with any sort of a uh, bombarded question, but uh, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling a lot of people, especially those who stacked them last week in what was a dream matchup at home against the Colts. I mean, sure. They they ended up with respectable numbers when it was all said and done. Thanks to uh, thanks to some garbage time work. But I have a feeling that uh, a lot of people might be off them this week. I'm not, I'm not expecting them to be at rock bottom ownership levels. Uh, but I, I do like them as a play that uh, might be off a lot of people's radar. Um, I mentioned Brady right off the top. And I really like the Patriots as a stack option this week. I know that the defense they're going up against is extremely tough. Um, but I I have faith in Belichick and in that system and in Brady to be able to move the football. So I love pairing him with Gronk. Um, I mean, he can get, he can get his Sorry, pairing Brady with uh, Rob Gronkowski. I was—you
1: know—I was, you know, was going to say, who's the other guy you go with? Sorry.
0: You know what? I uh, for me, Julian Edelman will show up at some point in time, and I, I hate to keep going back to this, but I don't know if you told me in Week One that Julian Edelman would have basically been a spare part in that offense, as far as production goes. I, I wouldn't have believed it. So I I don't think many people are going to be on Edelman and for good reason. Um, he has seen his targets start to go up, which is something that, I mean, it's only a matter of time before he does start producing like he did last year. Um, I know he, he has 10 targets in two of the last four games. In the other two, he has eight and seven. So I, it's not the best spot for him, but I really do like a Brady and Gronkowski core. And I'm going to be sprinkling in a little bit of Edelman as well. Um, I don't envision Sherman following Edelman around the field. That's just not really how I how I figure Seattle will choose to attack uh, attack covering the Patriots. Um, so I think he could be in, in a good spot this week.
1: Yeah. Somebody we actually – we both talked about, and I, I totally missed it on the stack, but Pittsburgh – you know, Antonio Brown, locked this week, throwing Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben, and, and you got a you stack there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because
0: uh, th- in the last couple of years, that team was really the ones that bucked the trend of you don't want to stack a quarterback with a running back and a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen that trio been a part of many of the million-dollar lineups, Uh, We've seen that happen with D'Angelo Williams too, when he's been subbing in for, for Le'Veon Bell. So you get a chance to get those three at one reduced ownership in the case of Le'Veon Bell and, and Ben Roethlisberger and two at cheap prices compared to what they've been over time. Again, I know the matchup isn't perfect, but if it was, then you wouldn't be pulling a fast one on anybody. So I'm glad you brought them up. They're, they're in a good spot this week. And uh, I don't know, just going through it right now, they, they slipped my mind. So we'll, we'll see what the, the ownership level is for that trio on the weekend. I'm sure Brown will be high. Um, but I think the other two might be lower than uh, a lot of people think. Right. Um, so that's all we got for today. Rob, I want to thank you for taking time to uh, join us on the Fantasy Cruncher Week 10 podcast. No, yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely have you back on at uh, some point uh, as we head into the stretch run of the NFL season. Uh, but for our viewers, thanks for taking time out of your night to join us. And as always, if you have any questions, you can follow us on Twitter. We're always happy to interact with you. And uh, thanks again, and good luck in your Week 10 contests.